Well, hello, and welcome back to the Farm Story Podcast. I'm your farmer and storyteller, Anna Helmer. You may have forgotten about me because it's been quite a while since I last posted an episode. It seems there might be a season for farm podcasting, and I've just passed through the season of no podcasting. I suppose it's because it's busy. That would be the standard conventional wisdom. But also, um, yeah, I just didn't really have much to say. I felt I needed to let it just sit for a bit. I thought maybe by doing nothing, I'd come up with a good theme song. Obviously haven't done that. I thought maybe uh, it would go viral and I'd never have to do anything ever again. Uh, Didn't do that. So I've just gone ahead and planted uh, potatoes and parsnips, beets and carrots because um, I don't seem to be a fabulously wealthy podcaster just yet. So um, here I am back, back with something to say, something to say about a number of things. Let's see where to begin. I will begin with the construction of our pool. Now, a pool, you may be thinking a crystal clear, you know, blue water pool. So you'll have to make some adjustments. Um, I'll describe it to you. It's part of the drainage ditch. It's just a dugout in the drainage ditch system. So. very carefully blocked the upstream culvert with a piece of plywood jammed into the sand. When I say sand, you might be imagining sandy beach. There is no such thing. Um, There's a thistly beach. And I don't know if you know this, but when you cut down green thistles and they dry in the sun, they become very sharp. Like then they become really hard, sharp things in the ground, very small. Um, imperceptible except for once they're in your skin Um, so we do have a lot of those sort of on the shoreline Uh, so yes there's a piece of plywood in the upstream so that the drainage ditch water which is undeniably manky can't flow into the pool and also precious pool water can't flow upstream mingle with manky water and then come back into the pool and then um, piping in some nice fresh water from our irrigation system and so this water is coming from like 120 feet down and it's cold as cold Uh, I think it's like 10 degrees or something like that maybe even less so it's fresh it's clear and it's cold and it's flowing through some three inch irrigation pipe one of them is a piece of length that I believe I drove over a couple of years ago and we've just kept it because you keep everything on a farm because you might need it one day and lo and behold I needed a short piece of three inch pipe and there it was I just sawed off the flattened bit and hooked it up and now it um, jets water into this pool and then um, we can fill it up enough that it will flow downstream but it's very slow and it quickly gets manky so um, I put in a sump pump, um, which completes the elegant assembly. 
So there you have it, the three key elements of my pool, piece of plywood, broken pipe, and sump pump. If that doesn't paint a picture, um, I don't know what will. So you need to be pretty, pretty hot to want to get in there. And you can get in dirty, by the way, no problem there. You can just jump in with all your, all your farm clothes on. Um, and uh, you'll be fine. There's no pre-shower requirement. There may be a post-pool shower requirement. Couldn't help but notice the foamy orange scum um, after my last swim, which inspired thoughts of showering. But that's not been constructed yet, so just a, you know, a general hose off will be fine. It has been engineered. Um, thank you, Judy. And Judy, in lieu of a rest, uh, recipe, has engineered the pool. And so done the calculations to show me that I am doing a complete recycling of the water, like complete new water in, complete new water out. And that can take between 10 and 20 hours, depending on how hard I'm pumping in the new water and how hard I'm pumping out the old water. I can really pump it out with a tractor PTO pump but that involves roaring a roaring tractor on the shoreline <laughs> which is well it's not too relaxing let's just say that and maybe there's some environmental issues with a bellowing diesel engine um, you know just running to drain a pool a swimming pool so we won't do that you know every day and um, also um, on the topic of murkiness uh, my engineer has assured me that that in fact is important because it will retain heat which is important I think I mentioned the 10 degree water because it was fresh the other day when we jumped in we very deliberately overheated ourselves by working quite hard in the sun but it wasn't like a pure sunny day it was more when the sun came out from behind the clouds it got really hot and sunny but when it went behind the clouds it was not so hot and sunny so it actually took quite a bit of effort to get hot enough and dirty enough to think it would be a good idea to jump into the pool anyway that state was reached and judy and i both jumped in and it was wonderful oh heavens that was beautiful mission accomplished i feel so much better about farming this summer because I've been worried about it because sometimes it goes to well often it gets into the 30s and quite often it goes to the high 30s and it's hit 40 and every summer for a couple summers a few summers now and I'm just not sure I can function in that but you kind of it's sort of non-negotiable certain farm jobs are non-negotiable and you have to do them and if it's happening in the 40 degrees, you just kind of have to figure out what you're going to do. And jumping in a swamp, let's just call it what it is, is going to save me. So I'm very, I'm very happy about that. I will be able to work this summer. Now, there could be some refining done. I think that um, there's a I'm, I, so far no one else has gone in the pool just me and Judy and there's been quite a few sort of looks shall we say 
of, are you kidding me? I'm not jumping in that cesspool. Often that happens when the ducks are in there having their morning swim. So yes, the ducks are in there and there's tadpoles. And there's actually quite a few things swimming around in there because we're not using any chemicals. I don't want to have to look after a pool. Nobody wants to have to look after a pool. We have enough to do. So there's no liner and there's no chemicals. And also we want to be able to jump in dirty. So um, might need to elaborate on my vision slightly because I have achieved that first vision of being able to jump in dirty and hot without the pre-shower but that has left quite a bit of room for refinement and I can I can accept that there's some things that we could do like right now the change room approach area is this sort of thistly bare dirt quite sun-baked sort of equipment storage area that's sort of your approach to the pool. So I can see that some sort of shade structure would be lovely. And maybe a slight easing of the steep bank um, that needs to be fixed as well. I don't think we're gonna get the clear water and there's a certain amount of fuss fest over the necessity of clear water. And I just, I don't know. You just have to work hard. That's all there is to it and so yeah, that's just how it's going to be. This is not an agritourism experience. Let's just put it that way. We won't be charging. Or maybe we will. Because it's probably really good. Like bathing in water from 120 feet down in sun-warmed... Um, uh, what do you call the stuff in the water? Turbulent, turbulent, whatever. It's, it's murky. Um... But that stuff holds the heat. So I don't know, maybe it's good for the complexion. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be agritourism. Agritourism. That's a thing. That's a thing for me because I, as you may know by now, would like to be a celebrity farmer. And I would like to welcome hundreds of people to the farm and I often come up with reasons to have hundreds of people on the farm but it directly impedes my ability to do the actual farm work that we're you know that pays the bills basically and um, so it's a it's sort of a tightrope and sometimes it all works out beautifully and everybody knows my name and I get calls from the paper for interviews and other times it doesn't it's a total like fizz and bomb and i'm just working away alone in a field overheating um and of course now swimming alone so agritourism i think it's going to be a big summer for agritourism um somehow i don't know how people have got the idea that it's a lovely road to bike on this pemberton meadows road and um, passing lightly over the fact that I'm the one that started the Slow Food Cycle Sunday that showed everybody what a lovely road it is to bike on. Um, I'll just say it's gotten a little out of hand. Um, my vision for that was just one day of biking a year. Just the one day. Just take over the road for the day. Third Sunday in August. That is the best weekend in Pemberton. Just just 
sort of is that way. It's the one weekend of the year that you can sort of be assured that it's not going to be too hot and it certainly won't be too cold and it will have recently rained but it's very unlikely to rain and there's a really good chance to see fields of potatoes in flower. There's a really good chance that there'll be some freshly mowed hay adding to the general pleasant ambiance. There's very little chance of the smell of Roundup which is getting risky sort of later in August and early September as the sea potato growers use Roundup to kill their crops prior to harvest, the potato crop. So I have to say too that I, part of me wishes, um, wanted the smell of Roundup in the air because first of all, there's such a thing as being too bucolic, like might have Without the Roundup, you might be tempted to think that it's just too much of a Shangri-La. And there are drawbacks to Pemberton. And the smell of Roundup in the fall is definitely one of them. But, you know, newsflash here, people. Most of your food has been involved in Roundup. I, I just have to tell you that. You just have to accept it. Unless you're on a completely diet that you've grown yourself on your backyard, you are somehow involved in Roundup. That's all there is to it. Um, so smelling it might be a good thing. You know, you got to know your food. You better know what Roundup smells like. There's a digression, an interesting digression. Interesting to me, perhaps not to you. Anyways, woo, come on, reel it in. Here we go. Slow Food Cycle Sunday, third Sunday in August. It was just meant to be the day. On the bikes, go see the farms. Keep a good appetite going so that you can buy lots of food from all the vendors that are going to set up along the way and then that's it, it's over. But it has become a daily event, I have to say, and since the COVID restrictions have started easing, there's more and more bikers on the road every day and also just slow drivers, like looky-loo drivers. So I just know that it's going to be a big summer of agritourism and um, we have a farm stand, so to a certain extent I'm trying to you know, capture their attention, but I do have to be a little bit careful because part of me would love to just be welcoming people every day, like, hey, welcome, come see what we're doing, here's a farm tour, sure, spontaneous farm tour, no problem, and yes, I just happen to be cooking up pots of potatoes, so a, sure, plot, pot of potatoes, plate of potatoes for everyone, yay, oh, I would love to do that, Um, you know, leading tours and I'd create a little podium for myself to deliver my messages. No, just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Oh, no way. Um, it wouldn't be a huge podium. <laughs> it wouldn't be like really tall or anything. Um, but I know that that will get in the way of other things that I'm actually obliged to do. So I guess I'm just announcing a season of um, walking a bit of a tightrope between agritourism and farming between being a celebrity farmer and being a profitable farmer these two things may be mutually exclusive I don't know anyway so I think I started by talking about this pool I think I, I think the pool is a little bit of a metaphor for my feelings around agritourism like the whole idea is wonderful and does a lot for me it checks a lot of boxes but there's a you know there's a cost and um, for the pool there's a cost of 
um, the disgust of others that anyone would consider jumping in that water, but they just don't know what it's like. They just don't know. And they'll, and uh, we'll see, we'll see who's turning up their nose at it when it's 40 degrees and I'm in there splashing around having the time of my life and they're out there all dirty and hot and then I'll keep working and they'll be overheated recovering somewhere. Uh, so uh, it's a weak metaphor. I don't think I can, I don't think I can see it through. So I'll, I'll leave it. The potato crop is coming along really nicely. Um, one field is just incredible. Like I wish I could just show you right now. The plants are beautiful. Potatoes, when they're really, really happy, potato plants, they sort of, they grow out of the ground and they just like engulf the hill. It's like they're just, they're embracing the ground. They're reaching for the heavens. They're, they're getting as much green leaf out there exposed to the sun and the stars and the moon and and they want to touch the ground, they want leaves on the ground, they want leaves in the air. And then almost in a full celebration, they send up these gorgeous flowers that smell good. And a field of potatoes and flower, like I think that's what we're gonna have in like a week. It's a field of potatoes and flower. And that that is something. That is that is really something. His, there's um apparently potatoes went east from South America as well as or they went west I guess you should I should say to be more accurate I don't know the whole story historic we all know about the potatoes leaving South America um, colonialists taking them to um, France and Spain and from there they took over Europe but they also went over to the South Pacific Islands and into Polynesia and those areas and they were the flowers were found in the crowns of queens and maybe kings too. I don't know if they did that sort of thing, but potato flowers were very precious and revered and I get it. I get it. So that's that's the, the exciting thing that's happening on the farm this week is the potatoes and I'm taking a picture almost every day. I feel like I'm running a flower cam like those eagle cams, like those eagle nest cams. I'm running a, a warba flower cam. Uh, you may not have heard of one of those before. Warba, it's a variety, a new potato variety, like it produces the new potatoes that you're probably seeing in grocery stores right now, new potatoes. If they have those pink flecks on it, it's probably a warba. So I'm running a, a warba flower cam on the farm. I'm the only one looking at it, that's fine. I toil in obscurity. And uh, and then we have this new weeder. I think this new weeder called a treffler, T-R-E-F-F-L-E-R, is really magical. And I believe it's making it so that me, a middle-aged lady, and my parents, who, although we don't like to tell too many secrets on this farm, I will say they are older than me. We can run this farm um, just us. We don't have to get on our hands and knees and do hand weeding with this treffler thing. We just have to have nerves of steel because you pull it right across, you, like you pull it right through the crop. So even though the, the tines are infinitely variable, so they can just almost just skip along the top of the soil and they'll damage the weeds, but the, anything more established than the weeds, which is hopefully your plants, 
um, are destroyed and they just skip along the top but oh my goodness it's dragging a piece of metal right over the top of your precious crop so it takes as as the next door farm said it's a bit treffful as in stressful and it's not just a bit it's very treffful so we're just getting used to that um, but it is very promising very encouraging and somewhat surprising at how well it's working Okay, I think that's good for my re-introductory farm story podcast with no introductory music and no recipe. But as I said, um, Judy contributed engineering. Um, so in lieu of a recipe, a potato recipe, I believe she has some potato recipes as well. She certainly should because she gets showered with potatoes, poor woman. Um, and so I'm going to sign off here and wish you all well. I hope all your potatoes are growing. Although hopefully you're not growing too many potatoes. I, it would be terrible if everybody grew their own potatoes because then who would I sell to? So hopefully your crop's not working and we'll see you out there. Okay, bye for now.